If you're here, it's because you want to think seriously about your own formation as a kingdom leader. I'm Kevin Minoy, and I invite you to participate in the diverse community of Christian leaders, both anchored and reaching in the work of God. Hang on while we push deep into the crevices of leadership formation, whether as a pastor, educator, organizational leader, or business person. Let's go. Welcome back to Anchored and Reaching. I am so glad that you all are joining us in listening in or perhaps watching these video series that we make available to you in these wonderful and stimulating conversations about the nature of the church today, especially in this case, in engaging. And in this new series that we have launched, we're talking about generous engagement. And I know that that conjures up a whole bunch of questions in your minds. What is generous and what is engagement? And we unpack all of those in this in this series, these episodes. And uh, it's a joy to be with you. I'm Kevin Manoya, and I'm really glad that Susanna Fleming uh, joins me And as we partner in this project. Susanna, take us away in this wonderful, <laughs> exciting journey of discovery, would you? Hey, everyone. I love the way you describe that. It is a journey of discovery. And really, every day we should have that posture when it comes to our faith, going on a journey of discovery with Jesus. And if you're listening to this episode, uh, I'm hoping that you listen to the episode just previous to this, where Kevin unpacked, like he said, the idea of a responsible engagement in the world. And I really love that phrase because really what it comes down to is hospitality. How are we being hospitable to the people around us, hosting the presence of God, and then hosting other people so they can encounter that, so they can learn more about who Jesus is? And so there was a lot that you talked about, Kevin, in the last podcast that I was really fired up about, but I also recognized that maybe we need to unpack a couple different words for people. And one of those words is pluralism. I know we speak about this a lot on this podcast. Um, But I think it's worth just me giving a brief, simple idea of what pluralism is so that people can really wrap their head around what we're talking about when we're saying that we need to engage in missiology in a pluralistic society. So really simply put, pluralism is the idea that Christians no longer have the primary voice in culture as far as the, the marketplace or the public square is concerned. So we share space with people who practice other ideologies, who have other ideologies, with people who are atheists, with people who are Buddhist, with people who practice Islam. We share space in the public square. And so, you know, a lot of people think about the United States as a Christian nation or post-Christian nation. The best way to think about the United States is kind of pluralism within the public square. We are all sharing this space. And instead of trying to fight that as Christians, we need to think, how would Jesus engage this space? Because this is the social reality. We are not the primary voice. We're sharing that space. Yeah. And let me just, and I want you to continue because I think you're going down a really good path, but, but can I suggest or ask, are you talking that this is purely a religious pluralism, or is there a pluralism of worldview, a pluralism of thinking, and even a pluralism of accepted behavior as social norms and all of that change around us? Is that what you're suggesting? Yes, absolutely what you said. It's a pluralism of, of worldviews, which wasn't always the case. There, there mm-hmm. was a time in um, history in which different cities or countries had a more one-dimensional worldview 
But now, because of globalization, because of the ability for us to access information, because of people, you know, from all different walks of life and places around the world coming together in different spaces, there's just more of a marketplace of ideas. And so people pick and choose what they want to believe They're from a variety of choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is that um, we don't own the block anymore. Yeah. Christians no longer <laughs> own the block, which can be really scary for some people to admit, um, but it is the social reality. And then our question as Christians is, how are we going to engage the space? And this really gets to the heart of what you were talking about on the previous episode, Kevin, which is we have a couple options. The first option is that we assimilate and we just start to reflect the world around us. Instead of taking a strong you know, ground of who we are as Christians, we just start to reflect and assimilate. The section op- second option is that we would kind of conquer, like have that conquering mentality. Mm-hmm. How are we going to force our agenda and our belief system on everyone? And that sounds really aggressive. I don't mean to say that us having an evangelistic response is that, but you could kind of fall into one of two extremes, right? Our our um, best option as Christians is this kind of third space, this this space of responsible engagement, which is what you talked about in the last podcast. And so I just wanted to lay that out, what kind of the you know socio cultural milieu is right now um as we're as we're talking about pluralism because i think it's important for people to have that context as we talk about how you engage that space yeah that's really good observation susanna I, you know i i, I also want to call out and name the fact that the the terminology you just got through using the third space um that that's a that's an increasingly controversial phrase these days as people get nervous that third space or third way is somehow a compromise uh, mm-hmm. that fundamentally is a syncretism right uh, that it's that it's somehow becoming someone that we're not so uh, in reality I think it's more tied to what we have referred to here as the via media. And that comes from Augustine, that kind as a as a bishop that a long time ago, the really old bishop, by the way, in case you don't know who Augustine is, uh, John Wesley, um, the via media that that is the fundamental basis for anchored in reaching. We are anchored in who we are. We are reaching in fulfilling our mission. And when you stretch that bungee cord, there's a there's a tension in the middle. And that's where we live is in that via media in in what we're proposing here. So so yeah, the pluralism then changes how we engage. It changes how we relate to the neighbors on the block, right? If there is a if there's a uh, pre-written, assumption in people's minds, and they grew up with the Bible stories, and they grew up with the thinking about God, the presupposition that God does exist, the presupposition that God is one, the presupposition that Jesus is really God's Son. When, when you take all of those presuppositions away, it changes how Christians engage people in bringing the kingdom near, because you can't presume that those things are in their thinking already. And that, I think, is why we can't just stand back and wait for people to, to come to us. We have to take initiative. That's what, respo- that's what I mean when I say responsible. We take responsibility to reach into the neighborhood and 
even at their point of need, even if they don't think like us, we take responsibility to reach out to them, to talk to them, to engage them, and to be Christ with them, whether they accept that or not. But we take responsibility <laughs> to reach and to engage because it's who we are, right? I mean, that it just comes out of the overflow. It's kind of like, you know, when you work, you sweat. And when you sweat, you sweat whatever's inside. And if it happens to be garlic, you're going to stink like garlic. I mean, that happens to me a lot. You know, uh, I eat a lot of garlic. I go to sweat. My sweat smells like garlic, right? The point, you know, you get the point. If if Christ and the kingdom are so much a part of who we are, when we start to work, when we start to do stuff, we're going to sweat. And when we sweat, we're going to smell like kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you said in the last conversation, our, our entire faith is rooted on the idea that God, through Jesus, embraced a particular time and space and context in a missional way and engaged that space with this type of you know, hospitable engagement, responsible engagement. He wasn't passive, but he was also, like you said, generously offering a new perspective. He wasn't imposing, but he was generously offering this, this new way of life and this new perspective. And as Christians, you know, we could easily, you know, like we've talked about, hide behind these walls of fear and just refuse to engage or we could practice the way of Jesus, which is engaging with this hospitable, responsible engagement. Yeah, so as you look at the engagement of Christians and the church today in big social issues, and I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you this question, Susanna. <laughs> I mean, do you notice that all of the Christians who are engaging, or all churches, are doing so in a generous way? Um are they reaching out? Is that the, is that really the the pattern of Christians today? Whole, and I'm talking generalities now, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean to be honest, the answer is no in general. I there are, there are so many Christians who are engaging in a way like this and I want to honor that that's happening. Yeah. I get there it. There are also a lot of Christians who I find respond to different ideas with a defensive and even offensive like combined posture where there are harsh statements made, there are generalities thrown out, there are walls put up in their hearts toward people. And I actually, in full transparency last night, was really grieving this and really processing with someone with tears in my eyes over um, the offense that I've taken at this posture of, of Christianity. Um, the reality is we really, really all need to learn how to how to work together in this missional space as Christians, work together to generously engage other people who believe differently than we do. And unfortunately, I have seen many Christians probably out of a pure place, out of a desire to protect what's important to them, create these really, really, really rigid boundaries. And I know we're not going to talk about the – in the next episode, guys, we're going to talk about bounded and set thinking and all these things. But – but rigid boundaries or or barriers or you know barricades that's what exactly what they are they prevent us from engaging with the very people that God has called us to love and God has called us to shape culture but not by imposing our ideas on people without grace by doing it the way that Jesus did which is walking side by side with people inviting them to his table you know in 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 the the culture of the New Testament in that Greco-Roman culture, if you ate with somebody at a table, it was because you were approving of their lifestyle. 
Think about how radical it was that Jesus was eating with those people. To everyone else, he was approving of the lifestyle of prostitutes, of tax collectors, of Pharisees. He didn't care that they were thinking that he was approving them. All he cared about was relationship and walking alongside them for their benefit. And so we're not saying that you can't have like a strong opinion about things. We're saying that the way that you approach the world as missionaries, because that's what we all are, has to be the way that Jesus did it, or it's not going to be effective. Okay, so you started out really diplomatically. I mean, I I could (laughs) tell that you were just really being careful about what you said, because you don't want to offend anybody, right? And so you are very political in your carefully chosen language, and then as you started talking on, you got a little bit more energized and a little bit more a little fiery, a little more pointed, and all of that. And and so let me draw the conclusion of what you say. So so in the last few moments of what you were saying, basically, if we were to conclude then, if a person or a church is not engaged with people that are other than themselves and very different, then there's something wrong with their Christian faith. I, I don't know if I'd say something wrong with their faith. Maybe I'm, this is me being too diplomatic, but I would say there's room to You're being to really grow. diplomatic now. Yeah, you're being really <laughs> diplomatic. Yeah. Very, very I, I kind. Really and think... it's a good thing, you know, so I'm sorry I interrupted you. Keep talking. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I think, I think yes, like I would, I would say that there's a maturity that's lacking there. Ooh. So there's, there's room to grow as a Christian because again, I have friends who I would say fall on the other side of the spectrum who really don't engage culture generously, who really draw such hard lines that it kind of cuts them off from the people that they could truly love and serve. And I, I think that their heart is really just so focused on protecting their values, but there's room to grow in our faith for all of us. Uh, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And basically what you're saying is that if you have trouble engaging people that are different than you in terms of theology, uh, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of social positions, then there's probably some immaturity at play and defensiveness that mm-hmm. is that is manifesting it. That's what I'm hearing you say, and you're saying it really kind of nicely, but isn't that mm-hmm. basically the whole point of this whole podcast, that the more anchored you are in your core identity of who you are as a child of God, who we are as the people of God, the corporate people of God, the more we are able to engage the other or the cultural differences or the pluralism that's all around us. So if we're unable to engage the pluralism, if we're unable to do it in a generous way, it may be a commentary on the very identity of our faith. I mean, that's that's pretty radical what you're suggesting right now. And and that may be pretty offensive to an awful lot of Christians who believe that they really are the vanguard of heaven defending the gospel against the encroachment of the devil through all of these pluralistic worldviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I do, I do want, this is not me being diplomatic as much as, as me acknowledging that, that there are so many of us, myself included Christians out there getting it wrong all the time. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not coming down on these people's faith or even their heart or their desire. It's a perspective shift as we really start to study the way that Jesus did missions. And the reality is he just didn't stay away from these spaces and he he didn't hold things with fear like a fearful grip. Jesus was a non-anxious, peaceful presence in the world. That's not even my language. Um 
but a non-anxious, peaceful presence in the world. And so, yeah, I mean, it is a strong statement that I think there's growth that needs to happen there. Um, In full transparency, there's growth that needs to happen in my heart as I process the way that these Christians are engaging culture, because then all of a sudden I get offense in my heart at these Christians, and that's not the way of Jesus either. So I want to come at it really humble, but I, I do think that um, it is very clear from scripture that we need to engage these spaces well. Then it gets yeah. tricky because it's like, how do you do that practically? I mean, there's a variety yes. of issues I'm sure going through people's minds. Well, what do I do if X, Y, and Z situation happens in my church? Yeah. How yeah. do I responsibly engage that space? And that's a, you know, that's a wide, yeah. nuanced conversation. It is. It is. But I, and I guess I would go back and, and, and I, we, we could talk forever about this one. I mean, maybe we ought to mm-hmm. have a, a longer conversation about this, but I guess it boils down to ensuring that my heart is humble, that I am completely humble before God and others, that I see people first. That's what I was talking about in the previous episode, see that I first. see people first, that I'm not allowing. Uh, walls to be built up where my principal goal is to bring the kingdom near into every circumstance that I engage with. And in that respect, um, you know, the ideas that we're hearing through social media, we're just pummeled with the diversity of thinking. And we can either become defensive or we can simply say, we recognize this diversity, this pluralism, we recognize the different patterns of thinking. And it doesn't shake the fact that our fundamental role is to see people first, to recognize that what we bring is a person, not a set of doctrines, and that our objective is to introduce the kingdom wherever we can, to bring the kingdom near. Five times, I think, in Matthew, you read, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Jesus said you know, repent because the kingdom is near. Change your ways. The word repent is a little harsh, but it's, it basically means change how you think because mm-hmm. the kingdom is here and you can be magnetically enfolded into this kingdom thinking. Uh, that to me is what needs to dress. So when you say, how do we mm-hmm. do that? Well, I think it starts with recognizing what we're here to do and that results in a humility and that humility then manifests itself in generously engaging the differences all around us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're probably, a, we, I realize we're talking a little bit longer than we normally do. Um, it's an important probably, topic. It is an important topic. So mm-hmm. bring it home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess just a couple wrap up thoughts to borrow from a metaphor that you've used, and I'm sure you will use later on this podcast. We're not introducing people who don't know that they're sick to medicine because they're not going to take the medicine. We're introducing them to the great physician, to Jesus. And so I think that's that's like a key metaphor here as we're processing it. We could we could throw our moral ideas and our, you know, maybe even well-rooted in scripture moral beliefs on people as medicine, but they're not going to take that. But they are going to respond to the great physician to, you know, potentially to this person who can change their lives. And so I think it's just, it's just changing our posture. And, um, there was one last thing I wanted to share as we wrap up that I've thought about so many times, which is the woman with the issue of blood and how, um, that's in Luke eight forty three through 48. And there's other examples too of Jesus with lepers, but the woman with the issue of blood, she reached out and she touched Jesus's garment. 
a woman who was sick and had an issue of blood in that culture touching Jesus, according to um, the the precepts in place at the time, would mean that she that would mean that Jesus was unclean. He would become unclean if this woman touched him, and he would have to go do all the ritual washing, all that stuff. Jesus wasn't phased at all. Instead, he felt power come out of him, and that power ended up healing that woman. The people at the time, the Pharisees at the time, would have thought if that woman touched them, it would have been like their holiness was tainted. What Jesus knew is that his holiness wasn't tainted by anything. His holiness goes out from him and impacts the world. And so I just, I want to say one more time to make it really, really clear. We are not saying in any way that you should not have just a really strong conviction about your faith and the way that you live it. You should be so anchored. That's the whole point of this con- this podcast is be anchored in who you are as a child of, of God and in, in your um you know, belief systems that you feel convicted about, holding them humbly before God because he's always going to be shifting our thinking. But we should not be afraid of being tainted by culture. We should be out there as a peaceful, non-anxious presence in the world, allowing the holiness of God, which is in us through the Holy Spirit, to flow out from us. That's the only posture we can take as Christians and do it right. Amen. So do the altar call and take an offering. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can Venmo me at, I'm just kidding, I don't want your money. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm really grateful for everybody that's been listening in, and I hope that you join us in the ongoing uh, episodes of this particular series on generous engagement. Uh, What a joy, Susanna. Uh, We'll talk again next time around. See you next time. Let me encourage you that who you are is more important than what you do. The lure of defining yourself by your performance is stronger than you might think. So join me in upcoming weeks as we explore the whole leader God created you to be.